Hey, welcome everyone to another exciting, uh, fantastic episode of the Walt Disney World Big Q. I'm Jesse Biseglia, here with two very special guests for this episode, Shane and Ted from the Parkeology blog. Boys, thanks for coming down. Hey, Jesse, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Jesse. I don't invite many people around. Uh, when I do, I reach out to people that I really kind of... Uh, I enjoy their content, and you guys have a blog that I've enjoyed for uh, multiple years because it's good. It's not uh, It's not the average. Here's the news. Here's this and that. But there's an edge to it, and there's comedy to it, and and I and I like it. So thanks for doing that. I, I like to read it. Thanks. Um, we're gonna. We have a big question to talk about that kind of uh, kind of inspired me uh, reaching out to you guys. Uh, but we'll probably get off talking on whatever. Um, what, what I was thinking of, you guys are known for the WDW 47 challenge, maybe more so than, uh, maybe more so than the blog. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I would say absolutely. That's why, that's how most people have discovered us and and found out about us is, uh, we, we started this challenge. Gosh, it's been probably what, three, four years now, Ted, but, um, the, the, basically the whole idea is to ride every ride at Walt Disney World in a single operating day. Uh, without without cheating, without any outside help, and and that's kind of and so we attempted that um, and and succeeded at it um, a, a few years ago and actually got a lot of coverage for it. We were on CNN, Fox News, ABC, and and so yeah, people have found out about us mainly through the challenge. But we, but before that, we were just a a funny Disney blog that you know kind of reveled in crazy. Uh, details and and fun stories about the parks. I'm in the minority of the people who started with the blog and because of the blog heard about the challenge and kind of learned about it that way. Um, it has it been how many times have you attempted it? I know you've you have succeeded, but it wasn't the first time through, correct? I think we've done it four times. Uh, we we started when it was. Uh, it was 47 rides at the time we we first did it, but a different 47 rides than it currently is. Um, and we basically had it. We we would have would have achieved it, but huge storms ended up shutting down several rides, and you know, so we we missed it because of weather. Then they closed some rides and shifted rides around. It dropped down to 46 rides. Uh, we attempted that and succeeded. Uh, then we attempt attempted it again another time. That's kind of a long story, it's, but basically one of the rides never opened up the the whole day. Rock and Roller just was supposed to be open, but it just closed in the morning and never opened. Uh-huh. And uh, a similar thing happened to us just, uh, I was going to say this year, but in 2016, uh, they were back up to 47. We did it. We easily, easily, easily had all 47. And an important thing to keep in mind, Jesse, is it's not just the number of rides, it's the hours in the day, and which is actually a much more limiting factor. So we were on a short day. We had the 47 rides, but Disney couldn't manage to keep Frozen open, their new big ride. Uh, so it ended up closing down midway through the day and never opening up. So uh, we, we got 46, but did not actually get the 47 that time. That's got to be a heartbreaker when it's beyond when you've done the work and it's beyond your control. Oh man! Wow. So <laughs> well, all part of the challenge, though. I mean, uh, sure. yeah, we, we've had uh, we've had teams 
that this one is a real heartbreaker. There was a father and son with a, a 12 year old kid and they had worked through the whole park. They were doing a great job. They were on the last ride and the last ride, which I think was Space Mountain, but it may have been something else. I think it was Space Mountain, um, broke down like five minutes before the park closed. And, you know, so they didn't get it. But you know, man, that's part of the breaks. Have, have, have many other groups kind of taken your lead and, and kind of tried to replicate what you've done? Yeah, we've, we actually have an official challenge board that we set up on parkology.com where we, you know, we invite everyone that, you know, that's interested in this challenge to kind of, to go to that site and sign up and, and do the challenge for fun because it's, it's just, it seems to be something that a lot of people like yourself really respond to. They kind of think it's a neat way to see the parks. Um, so we've had lots of teams come sign up. I think I did the count like a few weeks ago and I think we've had like over a hundred teams or maybe just under a hundred teams attempt it for real. Wow. Uh, and you know, they all, they're all kind of following, you know, the the the, the tried and true path uh, of what we had originally done in our first run, and we get, um, but it's a really hard thing. So, like, I think the success rate is only like twenty percent will actually finish, or maybe even less than that. So, yeah, and it's uh, it it's constantly in flux. Um, in right. in regards to, for example, they've just recently, within the past month or two, um, they now allow you using their app to request and get fast passes on the fly. You don't have to go to a kiosk. You don't, right. you, you know, they even let you get fast passes in parks that you're not in. Like you're going to be hopping to the next park. So as you're in transit to that park, you yep. can be getting fast passes. Now, when Shane and I did it and, and when the great majority of the teams have done it, they did not have that advantage. Um, yeah. In fact, when we did it the first time, it was on paper fast passes. Yeah. And, and I'm just telling you, that alone makes it many, many times more difficult. It's totally legit. People doing it now are totally legit. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just pointing out that as technology changes, as rides open and close, it's the challenge is constantly evolving. And our main thing for the challenge is just you can't be cheating. In, in other words, you can't be having outside help people coming to get your, you know, coming and, and getting their own fast passes and giving them to you. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or driving you around between parks, things like that. So that's the one thing that we really try to make sure we keep pure when people try the challenge through our site. And, and we're even more hardcore in that uh, we don't even allow, at least amongst ourselves when we do it, uh, we wouldn't even allow somebody to come and like, say, give us a hot dog or, you know, uh, yeah. drive you from park to park and say a rolling sub shop where they're making sandwiches in the back seat for you. It's just, you know, we want to do it as if we're just two guys on our own doing it there, you know, so you basically don't eat for the day. Um, you know, and it, it just, that's part of the challenge for us. Other teams, you know, they may, they may have different priorities there, but we really try to, to stress that you're, you're supposed to approach this as just two normal guests on your own at the park. You don't have limousines, you don't have people, you know, support crew. It's just, you're out on your own. Uh, it is it is pretty cool. I'd like to say that it's a, just a valiant thing you guys have done. It's it's something that I would strive to do at some point in my life. Right now, I'm not up to the caliber as you guys uh, certainly are. But 
Uh, in the spirit of that, I got thinking about this challenge where you guys, you know, you, you go there and you, you frantically ride every single ride that there is in the park. And I got thinking, well, uh, I'm going to twist this into a, into a WDW Big Q, which will kind of be a quick topic for the episode. And it'll be, uh, you flip it upside down and, and look at it the other way. Let's take just one ride all day from park open to park close. You get on a ride. And you don't get off. Well, you can go around the queue. You get on, you, you walk around, you get on again. So again, there's no, there's no magic, there's no cheating, there's no nothing like that. You just, you just, you're confined to this one ride all day. And I got to thinking, well, what might be the most desirable rides to to to, to marathon all day? Is that a question that kind of makes sense? It does. Although, you know, I, I gotta say. <laughs> Riding one ride all day long, that could probably get pretty tedious. So you have to... I, such such is the mania of this question, right? A, a, a lot goes into it. We've done we've done questions where it's not always going to be good. I, th- I think we did an episode where you had to just stand in the same spot all day. And we, we, just, we just talked about, you know, where would we want to stand? Might not be a fun day, but you want to make the best of it. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let one of you guys start. Do you want to share... What what comes to mind when you say, you know, if I'm going to be trapped on a ride all day, what type of ride or what ride specifically uh, might 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 be the best? Well, speaking for myself, and this is Shane, I I think you know when you're going to consider this kind of question, and I, and truly, you know, you're stuck on the ride all day long, getting on, getting off. Uh, you know, a lot of factors come into play. I don't want to be waiting in huge lines all day long. So right away, that's going to take half of the, uh, you know, the big e-ticket attraction. They're going to get eliminated. I don't want to be getting soaked. So I don't think I'm going to be riding Kali River Rapids all day long. Um, I'd probably go over something that has, like, comfortable seats, in, in all honesty, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to ride this thing over and over and over. I don't want to be sitting on a hard plastic bench or getting shaken all around on a teacup or anything like that. So... You know, I, I just started thinking, brainstorming about some of these rides. And, um, you know, I got to say, Carousel of Progress has at least some very comfortable seats. But on the other hand, then you get subjected to uh, to that show, which is definitely a little dated at this point, um, over and over and over. I don't know if you could take that. So those are some of the things I've been thinking about. Ted, I don't know if you had something that, you know, right away, you know, which ride you might throw out there for this. Yeah, I... Uh... You know, I break it down in sort of two groups. There's uh, there's a ride, there's rides that are my favorite rides that are just rides I've ridden hundreds of times and I might actually enjoy riding. And then there's rides that are, you know, if I was really truly doing this, not theoretically, but I'm really going to go out there tomorrow and do it. Well, suddenly I probably don't really care that much about the actual ride. I care more about like what Shane was saying, the comfort. So I think I have. I have my number one would be the Wedway People Mover. It's a nice long ride. It's physically comfortable. It's covered. You get a nice breeze. I could see spending the day just sitting there reading as you go around. It's not fast. It's not crazy. And unlike something like the Carousel of Progress, I'm not in the dark and I don't have to listen to something over and over and over again that would, you know, really drive me nuts. So... My number one is coming in at uh, Wedway People Mover. Oh, uh, well, that's fantastic, Ted. It's it, That is the, the very same number one. The TTA was mine as well. And you're, for, for all those reasons, it's it's relaxing enough, but there's still enough, 
you know, activity. There's a couple, you know, little tight turns that'll be fun. You're going to be on a ride all day, which is great. And that's a ride that I always want to be longer. Like I, I'm riding it and I'm, you know, you go loop, you go through Space Mountain and everything. And on the way back, I'm always like, oh man, you, you know, we're on the way back. And, you know, I, I always want more anyway. <laughs> but Shane has failed to answer. Well, <laughs> I, I, I took it in a different direction. I, I do think that, you know, that one and, and some of the other ones that maybe you have on your list are are good, straightforward rides, but mainly because you're not actually having to be engaged with the ride and be, you know, consumed with everything going on around you. You're kind of just sitting on something that's moving. If I were to look at it as a ride that I actually wanted to watch the ride happen or, or the scenes and, and the shows that are happening around me, um, my number one was probably going to be Kilimanjaro Safari because the the, the vista is always changing. Uh, the animals are always doing different things, uh, you know, different times of day. Some animals are sleeping, some are more active. Uh, I just think it provides more of a of a, of a visual um, stimulation throughout the course of the day that you wouldn't get just writing, um, you know, universe of energy all day long yeah but the problem with that is you're going to get off of the thing two inches shorter at the end of the day because your spine is going to be compressed from all of the bouncing and shaking and you know all of that uh, that would actually be way down like last on my list i think maybe primeval world would be like the number one worst possible one and Kilimanjaro would come in at, like, you know, number four, worst possible one. Talking about worst, would you rather ride, I mean, we, we, both, we both remarked on how it's like a World War II torture machine. It, it's, impo- it's just incredibly miserable experience. Very brief, but, it, I mean, it just really just rattles and shakes you. But if you had to ride that all day long to something like Kali River Rapids, which is just constantly dousing you with water, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just, like, pick your poison. Which, which is the actual worst ride? Well, I think I'm glad we've narrowed it down to Animal Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> because as Shane knows, when, when you're doing WDW 47, to me, Animal Kingdom is the low point of the day. Because although I love the park on a vacation... During the challenge, every single ride at Animal Kingdom is shaky and bumpy and out in the sun and a nightmare. Um, I, I, you know, man, between Cali and Primeval World, I, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, this is really, I mean, this is like would you rather get punched in the face or the stomach, you know. I, I guess the stomach punch to me would be Cali River meaning slightly better. I'd, I'd rather do Cali River than Primeval World. Fair enough. <sighs> and that, 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 that's hard. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say I hate Primeval World. It's fun, but I ride it once every maybe four years, you know. So put start stacking them up one after the other, and it, it's, it's going to get bad. Maybe not as bad as keep getting drenched, but I don't know. You got good, you got good scenery on Cali. That, that's, that's tough. A question for the ages. I think Cali, but I, I still, uh, going back to the real question here, I, I get Shane's point with, you know, there's a lot, you know, you're going to ride Kilimanjaro and you're never going to see the same thing twice. From that point of view, it's awesome, but for an all-day marathon, it really would just be too bumpy and crazy for me. So if I was going for a real ride, you know, like, I mean, I think Wedway is a real ride, but if I'm going for a, you know, a classic Disney, what people think of as Disney rides, 
I'm probably going to default back to either the Disneyland Mansion or Disneyland Pirates. Um, both of them are relatively smooth and relatively comfortable. I guess I'm going to lean towards Mansion because you're private. Um, and there's a lot to see. I mean, you can ride that thing dozens and dozens of times yeah. and continue to pick up new things each time. Yeah, that that, that that's a good point. Uh, Mansion's not a bad pick because it's relaxing, and yeah, you know, I, I want to stop in that attic and just look at things, and, you know, uh, yeah, you can really become an expert on everything visual on that ride and kind of see it. I, I had thought about the uh, safari, and for that reason of the bumping around, I didn't quite do it, but I understood you want a different show every time, which is why I was considering, didn't make my list, but I was considering the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, because, you know, hey, it's going to be different, you know? Well, you're right. The Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor uh, does give you a different show every time. So, you know, we're purists. I guess when we do the WW47 Challenge thing, uh, you know, we consider a ride to be anything that actually moves you. So the, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor... It's a show, and so we would actually have to get on our challenge. So, uh, so I wouldn't consider that a ride that you have to ride. Before. Show a show opens up a whole different world. Okay. And if you're gonna do shows, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, for God's sake, should be at the very bottom of your list. <laughs> oh, oh no! I mean, just because it's, I mean, one show sucks. <laughs> Put yourself through like you know thirty consecutive shows or something. I mean, you know, <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I understand that, that statement, I suppose. The, there is one that did make my list. It wasn't my number one. TTA was my number one. But there is one that did make my list, largely in part because you do get a different experience every time. And I have ridden this one nine times in a row once for fun. I don't know why. Uh, the Jungle Cruise. You, you got a different host. Or maybe not a different host every time. Might be a host you're familiar with, but a different narration every time. Uh Jungle Cruise is a good pick. As it gets late, you know, it gets a little yeah. more fun. The host gets a little more wild. I, that was my number two. That was that was one that I really was uh, inching towards number one. Well, I, I can honestly tell you, Jesse, that I've ridden Jungle Cruise more than any other single ride, and I have ridden it legit, not joking, 10 hours, maybe 12 hours straight, back <laughs> to back to back to back to back. Because I happen to used to work on the Jungle Cruise. Oh, okay. Oh, how about that? Um, okay. So so even though I was not a guest, I actually have a little insight as to what that would be like from, from the reverse. And uh, I have to say, it actually, I, I think it's a good pick. I, As a skipper on the Jungle Cruise, you would really give a, a, a dramatically different performance depending on who was on your boat and how they were reacting to you yeah and you know right as a passenger you could be disinterested and just i would basically shut up and we'd just go around the loop if that's what you were looking for for part of your day great if you wanted an actual show and you started to engage with a skipper then you'd probably get a, a whole wacky show so but that's an interesting and i think a pretty solid pick yeah, that actually is kind of a fascinating twist on this whole idea because we didn't really consider the fact that there are people that do ride over and over and over again literally all day long. Um, Jungle Cruise being one, I'm trying to think of others like maybe Great Movie Ride where you have different uh, drivers and back when Living with the Land had a uh, an onboard uh, cast member that was driving it around. That's, yeah, Jungle Cruise seems like it would be the clear-cut winner out of all of those. I wonder when they, uh, I hope they don't ever do it, but I wonder if they ever try to replace you know, just put that thing on some automatic track and just have a, you know, Ugh. 
get like Drew Carey to come in and record the dialogue and. I hope not. Yeah, at you least... should. Uh, you should try the uh, the Jungle Cruise in uh, Hong Kong because uh-huh. you, you get to choose. They have an. They have three different lines. There's an English line a Mandarin line, and a Chinese line, because Ooh. they speak all three languages. Oh, but, um, but all live narrators, all live people. It's all live narrators, but they're all basically the same people. So, so you have a Chinese person who maybe doesn't speak great English now trying to do the English translation. So, you know, it's a very, very heavy accent, and then often not understanding the jokes. So uh-huh. they're they're delivering the punny jokes in a very straight laced way, and uh, you know. So I think maybe specifically riding the Jungle Cruise in Hong Kong would be a good solution to this because you'd have like the mix it up three different choices. Oh yeah! Oh sure! It's like three rides. Yeah, it's almost like three rides. Uh, and it is pretty pretty amazing to watch. I mean, Jungle Cruise puns in general are are very bad puns, but. Um, there's that scene where they, uh, the one I remember in particular was the scene with the two alligators on the side of the bank, and, and they, they point out that, you know, one of them's named Ginger, and, and the, the usual line is, you know, watch out, Ginger snaps, or something like that, you know, as a reference. To, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and it, 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 it's a skipper just said, that one's Ginger, she bites. You know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> Puns are very much about specific wording, yeah. and when you have, uh, you know, the language barrier there, it's it becomes a whole different thing. Yeah, Ted. Some now, of my... you know, one thing that we didn't we 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 didn't mention before that uh, we should probably clarify with your with your with your sort of challenge here is an obvious choice would be the riverboat, right? Because it's slow and it's got you can be undercover and it's it's actually a really awesome choice you could just really basically live a normal day bring a laptop and live a normal day you could actually get work done on the riverboat but it doesn't stay open for the full park hours so would that qualify uh that's a very good point because you know i had the riverboat on my list um but you, but you're right. You know, you know th- there are times when other rides are operating and the riverboat is not operating, and for that reason, it's kind of a kind of a cheat out of here. You know, um, I agree. Because or else you could you could go with the Main Street vehicles, and its entire operating day might be an hour and a half, and then you leave. Right. So right. I, yeah, I think it's got to be a, an attraction that opens with the park whichever individual park it's in, and runs a full operational day and closes with the park. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, so my, my top was the TTA. I had the Jungle Cruise, and I also was thinking about the the, the, the river boat. Uh, but those are the main ones I thought about. Are there any big hitters that you guys haven't mentioned? Well, from, from my side, I, you know, I, of the three of us, I'm the one that actually lives in Orlando, so I go all the time. And I used to actually keep a rally in my mind of which rides I had ridden most. Uh, and then I gave up because it was just becoming ridiculous. But, um, you know, the, the, the two rides that I always seem to get on, just because, you know, they usually didn't have much of a line, they were nice and slow and leisurely paced, were Haunted Mansion, which we've already talked about, and Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Um, usually oh. you can just sit on that thing, nice and slow, 15-minute ride, no wait. It, it's, a, it's a nice experience. 
Nothing, nothing wrong with Spaceship Earth. Uh, always a good answer. I think probably at least 80% of the shows we've done, Spaceship Earth is a valid answer, no matter what the question is. We're, you know, <laughs> you, you can't go wrong. It's an all-time classic. Spaceship Earth is solid for sure. I have old school Epcot. Now, are we talking the, the rules here? This is... This is an existing ride, right? I mean, we like this is we're not talking theoretically, so the ride has to be open. That'd we be, can't we can't go back to you know twenty years ago. Uh, unfortunately, not. That would be a whole new question with with some whole new exciting answers. Uh, but okay. but but you you brought it up. Would there be a version of Spaceship Earth that you that you would choose? A version specifically of Spaceship Earth. Well. Uh, boy, geez, I, you know, I am in almost all answers like this, I am going to be the, I mean, all questions like this, I am going to be the most purest guy. I just, you know, so to me, it would be the opening version of Spaceship Earth. Oh. Um, I, you know, I, I, again, I'm old enough, you know, I was at Epcot when it opened and I was you know, a perfect age for Epcot when it opened. So some of my absolute fondest memories of of Disney parks and uh, falling in love with them was at Epcot. And there was a a real spirit of uh, sort of optimism and hopefulness for the future at 1982, maybe through 1987 or 88, Epcot had. As we got towards the 90s and into the 90s, it started to get kind of a little cynical and ironic and then it, it just kind of in my opinion sort of has lost its way and doesn't really know what it wants to be right now um and spaceship earth current spaceship earth still is holding on to that but it's become a little bit more of a of a history lesson yeah whereas the original one started off you know half of it was a history lesson and then half of it was supposed to be forward thinking and and optimistic so i if I could go back in time and, and ride any of the, you know, three or four iterations of, of Spaceship Earth, I'm I'm going old school original. And that so this is this is previous to Walter Cronkite. There was a version, is it's that correct? Pre pre Walter Cronkite, yeah. there was a version that was there for, you know, uh, it probably only was was operational for, you know, three, well maybe maybe four or five years. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, yeah, then it went to the Walter Cronkite one for, for quite a while. Um, and, you know, of course, we now have the Judy Dench version. And they're all good. I like them all, but uh, and almost any, like I was saying before, if you say what's your favorite ride just in general, it's going to be an old school Haunted Mansion kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. always going to be I'm a real purist with that kind of stuff. I was born and raised on Walter Cronkite myself, but I'd like to hear the original one because I don't even I don't even know what it sounds like. I should probably look into that. You know, Shane did a, a cool post. I'll let you talk about it, Shane, but he did a cool post a couple years ago about time traveling and how if you... We'll, we'll go ahead, Shane. Talk to him about the Spaceship Earth time travel deal. Basically, the idea was Spaceship Earth as a ride was still pretty much the same, you know, scenes and the same track and all that as it was back when it first opened. The descent is where you're coming back down is the, the main different part, but the rest of it is pretty much the same ride. So, you know, I kind of, this was after the Judy Bench version had been around for a while. I thought it'd be fun to actually go ride Spaceship Earth, but instead of hearing Judy Dench, you actually heard Walter Cronkite or Jeremy Irons. And, and so I, I brought along my, my iPhone and, and some headphones, some noise-canceling headphones, queued up the, the old 
narration track and actually rode Spaceship Earth listening to Walter Cronkite the whole way through. And, you know, it syncs up perfectly because the ride is still the same. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was really, it was almost a time travel-like experience to, to be able to revisit that. Uh, and then I turned around and wrote it again with the Jeremy Irons narration as well. Um, and, you know, except for that end where they have the Siemens flash animation commercial the whole way down, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty remarkable. It was like stepping back in time. So you could actually do that, Jesse. You can download the original MP3 files of even the 82 version. Well, and that's that's where you're wrong. I, I can't actually do it because I've already done it. I did it with Jeremy Irons before. <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm right. I'm right there with you, and it was it was cool. I'll tell you, it was awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting play because generally speaking, when they change your ride, you know, it's it's like uh, it's it's like World of Motion, which yeah. would have been an ideal ride for this, by the way. That's that's why I was asking about old school. Epcot. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, could we go back in time? Yeah. Um, but they, you know, like generally, if you take World of Motion and then you turn it in the test track, and there's, you know, nothing, nothing to say. You can't ride test track listening to the World of Motion soundtrack yeah. and have it make any sense at all. Although that might be kind of a fun thing, just as an aside. <laughs> in fact, Jesse, there's another question for you for another episode. What is the, the basically the most botched makeover? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because as soon as you say imagination, a lot of people are going to jump up and say imagination was the worst redo or makeover of a of a ride that Disney's ever done. Oh, my answer there is Mission Space. If I could rewind one, that'd be the one. Get Mission Space back to what it used to be. <laughs> well, you're talking Horizons. Well, I, that's what was there before it. So sure, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Well, fair enough, and Horizons would also be an excellent ride. Almost any, if you went back to 1982, you could almost walk into any of the pavilions and ride any of those rides all day long and be fine. Oh, yeah. They, they were all long. None of them had any, you know, any sort of shakiness or weirdness. They were all great. They And the songs, you know, it's funny because I would immediately eliminate a ride like, say, Small World. I mean, you could that would drive you insane with the music. But the Epcot music, and they don't do these songs anymore. You know, it's like Disney just doesn't do music yeah. in their parks anymore. Um, I loved almost all of those Epcot songs. And I mean, literally, of course, I'm a geek about this stuff. But literally to the point where I would listen recreationally oh, yeah. to, yeah, right, you know, so I'd be listening to, like, listen to the land or, you know, it's fun to be free or something. Yeah. Just on my day off, you know, just as a, you know, in a boom box or something off of a cassette deck because that was a cool, you know, that, that was my pop music, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 1982, kind of throw a dart, walk into any of those pavilions, easily knock off a day. Sounds great. Yeah. Is, is, is there any other big ones you guys had, or um, or, or maybe some words about um, where people can find your work? Sure. So um, our website is, uh, is archaeology.com, and that's where you can find us hanging out mostly. We try to post content pretty regularly. Um, some, some ones go better than others, but... Um, we, uh, we'd love to have people, you know, connect with us there. We, we tend to post uh, kind of quirky, uh, funny, or, or interesting detail things. Uh, we're not really a Disney News blog or, or anything like that. We're, we're more into the, the geek side of things. 
Offbeat kind of stuff. Uh, again, it's Parkeology, P-A-R-K-E-O-L-O-G-Y dot com. And you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. If you have anything you like about this show, you'll like the blog. It's kind of cut from the same cloth where, uh, like you said, it's not for noobs. It's quirky, it's funny, but it, it has that uber uh, nerdiness to it, which uh, a lot of people really like. It's good. It's good. You should go read it. Everybody read it. <laughs> Don't have to convince us. Well, guys, uh, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and adding your 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 insight, uh, which was which was wonderful. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of a build up there, Jesse. Now let me tell you, I'm gonna hold on. You might want to be sitting down for this one. Let me just tell you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks. All right, so we're calling a Disney phone booth, and we are, I think, going to sing them a spontaneous song. Hi! Are you having fun in Disney World? Hey, <laughs> the zing we scare little kids off. <laughs>